This conversation from the Augusta Golf Show is brought to you by Gerald Jones Audi online at AugustaAudi.com. Well, Jay Billis is an attorney by trade, but he is also ESPN's lead college basketball analyst. And Jay loves the game of golf. And because Jay loves the game of golf, he agrees to come on this program once a year. It's a pleasure to welcome Jay Billis back to the Augusta Golf Show. Hi, Jay. John, how you doing? It's great to be back with you. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate this. We have a lot to cover, and I do want to get to some basketball before we're done. But but here are the questions I have for you. Uh, since it's been a year since we've spoken, best place you played this year that you had never played before? Wow. Best place I'd played that I had never played before. Uh God, I'm not sure I played anywhere this summer that I had, I had never played before. Um, I played. Oh, I know what it was. I played. Uh, I played Big Canyon out in Newport Beach, California, which was uh, was fantastic. Where do you want to play that you've never played? Boy, there's so many places. Um, I'd like to play Sand Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, I have. Uh, I have never been to Whistling Straits. Uh, and I would love to play uh, Shinnecock and all those places up uh, on Long Island that are so spectacular. Um, they're, they're, as you know, there's so many wonderful places to play. I just, anywhere I can walk on grass, I'm happy. But, uh, but you know, I've got my bucket list, too, that I would love to play. So, so give the list, you play about how many times a year? Well, I probably play two, three times a week during the summer. So from, from May until about now. I, I, I just put my clubs up a couple days ago, and I won't see them again until, until mid-April. Um, but I play during that period of time, I play it at least two, three times a week. What's the best part of your game? Uh, the 19th hole. <laughs> okay, fine. I, I really, you know, it's funny, John, I really struggled the last two years. I, I mean, I, I tried to change some things in my swing with uh, the advice of, of the pros I work with and it did not work out pretty well, uh, very well, but about the last month, month and a half, I've gotten back to playing the way I used to. Or the way I felt I used to. My right. scores were have been really good for about a month and a half. So I'm optimistic that maybe next summer will be a lot better. Don't 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 listen to those people you play with. Don't. <laughs> Do you have a hole in one? I have two. Yeah, uh, I had one at uh, Kapalua on the uh, eighth hole. I was playing with Sean McDonough, and the two of us playing early morning before the Maui Invitational. I jarred one there, which was very very cool. And uh, and then I had another one at a at a course in uh, in North Carolina. Sean, bring that up during the telecast. Uh, well, he had to listen to me bring it up. Sean <laughs> wouldn't bring it up on his own because that would that would allow my ego to get uh, even bigger than it is now, and he would he wouldn't condone that. You understand that's legendary, don't you? I mean, I, you and I what, have never met. Your ego, your, your ego. Yeah, you, no, you, my my ego arrives into a room about five minutes before I get there. <laughs> You and I have never met, and we know mutual friends, and 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 it's 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 all said with love and jest, Jay. No, it's not, and I'm fine with it. <laughs> We're talking with Jay Billis here on the Augusta Golf Show. Um, who's the best golfer among college basketball coaches? 
That's a good question. I'm not really sure. Jim Beheim uh, used to be. There was a guy named Ricardo Patton that coached at Colorado for a long time that I was told is a really good golfer. Roy Williams is very good. Uh, but I don't know who the best one is right now. My guess is some of the younger guys uh, can probably really play, but I don't play a lot of golf with, uh, uh, with you know, sort of my basketball uh, friends. Um, I, I wind up playing just with, uh, with other guys and guys I've known for a million years and, and, okay. uh, and all that. So uh, I, I, I probably would be the worst at telling you who the best uh, basketball golfer. Like I played with Del Curry recently. He was really good. Um, I mean, he's not a college basketball guy, right. he's more of a, an NBA guy. But Dell can really play, and I played with Nazi Muhammad recently. I'll tell you who the best, the guy who I think could be the best golfer is. I don't know if you've ever played with Gerald Henderson, who played basketball at Duke and, uh, and played uh, a lot of junior golf. I'm not, I'm not sure I've seen a non-pro hit the ball as far as he does. Hmm. Um, he, he crushes the ball, and if, I think if he took a year and, and really concentrated on golf, he would he would play in the match play of the mid am. Uh, he, he's really talented. Wow. Um, speaking of basketball, let's talk a little basketball. Give me your thoughts. I think I know some of your thoughts about what happened earlier this week with the um, the NCAA and 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 what they've been talking about compensating athletes. I, I think I've heard you speak on the fact that you you have some doubts about this. You're a little cynical about this. Uh, I would say skeptical. Okay. Um, I think what the NCAA said. So, so what I have said is it's a it's a positive step, but it's a it's a baby step when uh, when you know a marathon run uh, is ahead, and it, it really wasn't that hard to get to the end of the marathon, um, but uh, but we're not we're not even approaching it. Uh, so what what the NCAA essentially did was. Because of pressure they've received from state governments and the federal government, uh, they're saying, "Hey, we're going to we're going to allow name, image, and likeness to come up with some rules in the different divisions that, that address this." But they said it's got to fit within the um, this collegiate model, you know, thing that they made up years ago, which essentially means we're going to allow this, but we're not really going to allow it. And so I think it's more of a, of a stall tactic. It's kind of their version of the four corners. And, and, and so I don't think that there's going to be much that comes out of this. They're going to talk about how complicated it is. And, oh, my God, you know, how women's sports are going to go away and, you know, how are we going to manage it with recruiting? And uh, it's going to be so difficult. You know, it's not that complicated, but they're making it seem like it is. So I'm just not confident that, that anything, uh, anything, aside from like a little sliver of something is going to go to the players when they deserve their full economic rights, just like everybody else. I just don't think it's that difficult, but look, there, there are, there, there are positives to this, but the one, the one thing that you're left with is, is I think it's important to keep this in context that a month ago when California passed its name, image and likeness law, uh, the NCAA said, this is an existential threat to college sports. And, and it's an existential threat to uh, women's sports and Olympic sports. Uh, and it's kind of women's sports. And then 45, 30, 45 days later, now we've got this about faith. And so clearly what they said was either a lie or certainly not based upon principle. So that, that, I, that's troubling to have that kind of thing. And then not to address that when they, when they made this abrupt about faith. Because I don't think it's an about face. I, I think they're saying they're going to do it, and they're not going to. 
who's I mean, I, I guess, you know, Zion, I guess, could have made a lot of money doing that. But I mean, I, I can't imagine a, an awful lot of athletes are going to make an awful lot of money doing this. Although, you know, the question is, shouldn't they have the right to do this? But will this be a should it come to fruition, Jay? Would this be a windfall for some athletes? Yeah, it'd be a windfall for a lot of them. There, there's a lot of money to be made out there, whether it's uh, you know, your social media uh, or you or personal appearances, giving speeches, um, doing commercial activities. Uh, it's not just the Zion Williamsons of the world or Tua Tungabailoa that are going to make a lot of money. Uh, it, it, that would be like saying, well, how many coaches are really going to get paid? Yeah. Um, you know, because not that many programs uh, have the money of Alabama. And then you've got uh, over 70 football coaches that make over $2 million a year, including some coordinators that make that much. Strength coaches. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, th- there's a lot of money to be made out there, and there are additional revenue streams that are not being realized right now because uh, the schools don't use, aren't r- really allowed to use the name, image, and likeness of the players uh, in their, w- along with their marks. So, there could be group licensing deals where everybody winds up making money because of group licensing, just like they do in the NBA or the NFL. So there, there's a lot of different ways to do it. You, know, you could say similar things about golf, like, well, how many players are going to have single-sponsored deals like Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy when, in fact, a number of players make money? They may not make the same money. Uh, you know, They get money from being in a video game or all these other things that are wearing a hat. Uh, making personal appearances, being at a Monday uh, Monday Pro-Am or uh, uh, some sort of charity uh, event where they get a, an appearance fee. You know, there's all kinds of ways to make money other than winning a golf tournament in golf, and it would be it would work just the same way in, uh, in college sports. All right, I ask you this when you're on the program, so we'll let you go with this. Who, um, who are the two teams? I know preseason, we're just getting started. Who are the two teams we should be looking at as we get into the year? Well, the number one team to start the year is Michigan State, which went to the Final Four last year for the eighth time under Tom Izzo. And and Kentucky is the second-ranked team to start the year. Uh, I do think they'll be right there among the best teams. But, uh, you know, Kansas is going to be there. I'll give you a team that has not been up there of late uh, that will be this year, and that's Florida. Uh, Florida has uh, has a chance to win this whole thing under Mike White. He's got a, a transfer coming in, Kerry Blackshear, who, who could wind up being the SEC Player of the Year. He's that good. So uh, I think it's going to be a really fun year. We're not going to have a Zion Williamson type, uh, but we, could, we, we will absolutely have a Kemba Walker or a Trey Young or guys like that that are going to come out and, uh, and ball out. Uh, but we're just not, we're just not going to have the, uh, the supernova Zion that we had last year. How will the Blue Devils be? They'll be good. Um, they have a, a young team again, but they're not as, uh, as super talented as they were last year with guys that are going to go in the top, top five, top ten of the draft. They have more, uh, more just first-round picks instead of uh, high lottery picks. So it's, uh, they're going to be very good. But I, I don't think they'll be as powerful. Uh, so they're going to have to evolve and be a better defensive team, an offensive team, in order to, to reach a Final Four. He is Jay Billis, and it's his annual appearance on the Augusta Golf Show as he gets set for, uh, for college basketball. Jay, I appreciate you saying yes when I asked. Thank you for doing this. Anytime, John. Call anytime. Thank you very much for having me.